Hello, welcome to From the Rookery End. My name is John, uh, and with me, I've never done this before on From the Rookery End, uh, with me on the line is Jason. Hello there. And Mike. This is Mike from the Chesham jury. Um, <laughs> we give Watford two points and Bournemouth to it. Yeah, all right. How are you? <laughs> uh, very good. Uh, as Mike sort of hints towards there, today Watford played Bournemouth at home in the Premier League, uh, and it ended 2-2. Jace, a fair result. I think so. It was, it was a strange one. I think... Um... I felt we dominated the first half without, well, we created a few chances, but then, yeah, obviously conceded and went in one nil down. And then in the second half, we got the goals, but didn't look quite as commanding as we did in the first. And really towards the end, we were sort of up against it. They hit the woodwork three times. And I think I was glad to get out with a point, even though a point was probably fair overall. Jace and John, can I just say, it's only a bit downbeat. About this, <laughs> you know, I think we should we should go into this by saying what a cracking game of football that was. It was, yeah, it was like, yeah, absolutely, really game enjoyable, of football, yeah. really entertaining. Mm. Um, and as paying punters, which is basically um, what we are, that's the sort of game that that you'd hope to see week in week out, really, isn't it? It was it was open. There was lots of incident. Both teams contributed, um, and it was really, really. I thought it was great. I thought I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, can I just ask that we have a better ref next time, though, Mike? Well, you can ask, Jace, but I don't know what the, uh, the response will be. I'll pick up on that and I'll bite, if you like, because I think there's a lot to dislike about Mike Dean. I think he he postures and he sort of little winks and little sort of gestures with his hands. And he's one of these guys who knows all the all the Manchester United players by first name, but doesn't know any of the Burnley players. He's one of those kind of guys. But I will also say that refs, I'm 100% convinced, call it as they see it. You know, they... They try and do. They try and do a very, very difficult job, and he doesn't do himself any favours. And I understand why people get incredibly frustrated with him. And I think he he probably got a bit wrong for us and a bit wrong for them today. Anyone who follows me on Twitter will see uh, my thoughts on um, various uh, various activity from uh, one or other of the sides. But I think it, it's it is frustrating when refs get it wrong. But I think it is important to say it is difficult. It's a difficult job. Although, yeah, he he is he's a he, oh, he just makes himself look ridiculous, doesn't he? I wouldn't say it was necessary for me the uh, decisions he made, it was the fact he made too many of them. And it, it, mm. it came across as fussy. It came across as just it just the flow of the game just was stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. And actually what you'd expect with both Bournemouth and Watford was two great footballing sides. And even though you're absolutely right, Mike, it was a lovely game of football to watch, it could have been so much more. Um, there were certain spells in that first half that got incredibly frustrating. Uh, yeah, there was one, you know, the decision that sort of a, a minute or two before their first goal, you know, just sort of made the whole atmosphere uh, and the frustration in the Watford team sort of grow, which might have led to, to their, their goal. But mm. it was it was the stop start and, and everything that went with it that sort of made the game just feel really messy. Um, Do you think? I, I, don't, I, don't think you, I don't think the referee in the game at all. I think... The one, the, the one issue I had a real. There was two, two big decisions that I had a problem with. One was the, 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 the early booking for Pruertel, which I think is very. It was unfortunate for him because he had to walk a tightrope for the remaining. What was it? Was it about ten minutes in when he got booked? It was very, yeah, it was very early. So that's eighty minutes. So that that made it difficult for him. And I don't, th- he, you know, he was fouled, <laughs> and then mm. he and then he sort of did that thing that that players do when they're fouled. They reach out to get the ball ready for the free kick. So I think that was a peculiar one. And there was a different. And there was a funny one with. Um, in the second half, I think it was, with Capu on, um, I can't remember his name now, number 15 for Bournemouth, I can't remember his name. Yeah, he, where he was about two, three yards away from anybody, slipped. And that, 
and, and that's and that seemed yeah. like an odd one. And and yeah, those those will stick in people's minds, and they're the ones that will get the the hackles up on the terraces. But I I sort of um, I don't necessarily agree with you that it ruined the game and would and, and ruined it as a spectacle. I thought it was um, I thought it was great to watch, and and I think sometimes those those sort of good two all sort of rampaging games where loads of stuff happens sometimes need a bit of that perhaps sort of grey area, the occasional wrong decision, just to just to get things going in the stands and and, and get things going on the pitch a bit. So. I'm in two minds about it. I, th- I think, like I say, Mike Dean, I think is a is a is a funny character who likes people looking at him. Yeah, I, d- I don't think it detracted necessarily from 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 what was a quite an enjoyable display today. Jace, the, the most enjoyable thing I think has to be the fact that they Watford responded twice. Yeah, and I know we've reflected on and compared to last season quite a bit, and you wonder last season having gone a goal down like that, could we have? Would we have fought back, especially uh, the second time? And in fact, I think when the um, second, when our second equaliser went in, I think I gave up at that point and just wanted to declare I'd had enough. <laughs> and two all, two all would have done. But they did. I think it probably helps that we struck back so early as well. Bournemouth definitely looked better in the second half than they did in the first half, and I was worried that we wouldn't be able to take the game to them again, as we had done sort of at the start of or just after half time. So to get that equaliser, that second equaliser early on, I think was very, very important. Totally agree. And I think it was a shame that we we started the game really positively, which is, I think, what everyone wanted, wasn't it? Coming coming off the back of Burnley, what we, everyone said was, right, we need a reaction. Mm. This is going to be a test for Matsari to to get those guys sort of um, up and running again against against a team that, that might possibly have been identified as an absolutely no disrespect to Bournemouth. But in that mini-league with us, with Burnley, with Middlesbrough, with, with Swansea and Hull, so a game that perhaps they would have identified as one they're going to win. So more difficult to perhaps get up for one like this than it is if, if Man United had been coming or Liverpool or City or something like that. So it was, it was always going to be an interesting reaction for me. And I think I was pleased we got that early on. But yeah, as the game game went on, Bournemouth needed, it seemed, seemed to come into it. And really, I guess on the balance of play, we'll, we'll watch match of the day later and they will have more clear-cut, plenty of more clear chances than us. They hit the bar and the, and the, and the post a number of times. But just hanging in there, um, and coming back, like you say, Jace, twice is certainly something we wouldn't have done last year. And I think that shows shows a bit of character, a bit of effort and a bit of willingness to, to, to roll their sleeves up, especially when there were a couple of um, areas that didn't really look as, as good as they have been out there uh, this season, did they? I thought there was the defence looked perhaps a little bit shaky in, in patches. I thought Holobast, for example, didn't have a have a great game. I think his... Uh, which talked about his concentration a little bit and his ability to get back. And I think he was probably found wanting a little bit more often than I'd have liked um, today. You give you give players who get forward a bit a bit of license, don't you? you give them a bit of um, uh, a bit of freedom to to you accept if they're going to bomb forward, they're going to sometimes make mistakes coming back. But I thought today he had one of his less impressive games of the season. Um, uh, but yeah, so to hang on when when guys weren't at their peak, if you like, uh, with a slightly different formation, it felt like I don't know how how you guys thought we lined up, but with that four across the back, so it sort of we we changed again. We had a couple of injuries, so a couple of things not quite going our way, and we managed to we managed to see it through and get get what potentially could be a really valuable point. I think definitely more positives to take out of it than the the negatives. I think well, the first thing about comparing to last you know Burnley game, um, I was happy that it was an improvement on the Burnley game because after ten, the first 10 minutes we were at least 
controlling the game and going forward and doing, you know, feeling productive, which I don't think there was 10 minutes in the Burnley game. So it was always going to be improving uh, and a better performance. Mike obviously mentioned the defence there uh, about we, we've actually started with the back four this time. That's exactly how I saw it. Same as you, Mike. Um, but again, it's a change in defence and, and we obviously we're conceding goals here. We've talked about in, in previous podcasts about freshening things up up, up front. Um, but what you don't want to do is constantly having to change things at the uh, at the back. And the key to a good defence is having a, a consistent starting back three or back four. And, and yet again, we've had to change due to injury. So am I making excuses for the fact we keep conceding goals? No. Um, obviously, it's something we need to look at. But hopefully, if we do end up with a more consistent defence, then uh, that will improve improve our, our record and, and we will concede less goals. Uh, Pete Bradshaw actually sort of said about that unsettled defence. Um, uh, thanks to everyone who sort of sent us a, a tip and an idea about what we should be talking about in this podcast. Um, uh, remember, follow us on at what the podcast on Twitter. Uh, Pete said, uh, the problem is an unsettled defence. Of course, it's due to injuries. Um, who is our first choice? Who... Would it be if they were all fit? And and then Lee Harris also added, he said, you know, uh, we won't win many if we keep conceding two goals. It's certainly the area we need to work on, isn't it, Mike? One side of it, I think, is you're never unhappy with whoever the replacement is, if that makes sense. Um, but I think I make Jason absolutely right. With, with any area on the pitch that you want to be settled, it's that, it's that defensive um, side of things. And we haven't quite looked right for for the certainly the last two games, um, and yeah, I'd agree that perhaps a little bit of focus got an international break now needs to needs to be put on that. Um, you know, injuries disrupt it. It means people don't train the, the same way and perhaps aren't aren't in and around the group for the for the same training sessions and the same you know talks and, and that sort of things. I know Craig Cathcart interestingly went off to. Udinese um, mm. for treatment this week, which uh, which I thought was interesting. So that's him gone for for a day, and yeah, so it, it feels slightly not a hundred percent satisfactory, doesn't it? And I, I I agree with with Pete and 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 the statement that yeah, if you let two in every week, you're not you're not going to win. But that said, for for a big portion of the season, we 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 have looked good, um, and the guys have interchanged quite, quite nicely. Um, and uh, largely speaking, have done what's been asked of them when they've come in. You know, uh, Pradel's come in, Cathcart's been in and out, Britos has been in and out, and you know, most of the time they've they've done okay. Or what I would say today is that I thought Kabul was excellent. Um, I think he is sort of coming to the fore as someone who organises that back four and almost has that sort of um, the captain, and he sort of marshals the, the the back line, if you like. I thought he looked very. Very competent, very composed, and uh, I wonder whether we 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 build it round round Kabul. Whether we can get a full season out of him, I don't know. Um, uh, but but yeah, it, it feels to me like he could be the the linchpin and uh, the starting point for for building that that really solid defensive unit. Because the, the thing is, as, as as Pete asked, he said, you know, who would be your first choice three? But actually, if it was a four, would there be a different choice? So, Jason, if you had to pick a three, mm-hmm. who would you pick? I'd have Britos and Prudil in. Yeah, I think it would be one of Kabul or Cathcart. And Cathcart, he's done okay this season. But yeah, we've seen Kabul today. And I thought, yeah, Kabul was probably the best of the four defenders today. So he's 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 pushing for a start. And if you then picked it as a four, Jason, would Kabul be in there automatically? No, I'd probably go with Prudil and Britos in that case. Zunigo, I thought, was excellent today. What I thought was interesting was that it was it was very no fuss 
from him. I thought he was, we're used to our sort of right backs or wing backs sort of bombing up and down and being a bit, bit hastened jaded and a bit, a bit helter skelter. But I thought he was, he was very sort of calm and composed um, for, for most of the game. And I thought he did what he had to do very, very comfortably, very neat. He wasn't, he didn't really notice him much, which, which for, for a Watford defender is, 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 is quite pleasant, <laughs> quite unique, I thought. So I thought he did well, again, coming into a position that he hasn't played um, in this team um, and did, did pretty well against some, some tricky opponents. You know, Ka- I mean, Callum Wilson, say what you will about him, he's obviously a, a, a conniving little so-and-so, um, but I think the best compliment I can pay him is that I'd hate, you know, I'd pay money not to have to play against him for, for my team. As a striker, I think he's absolutely brilliant. He, he plays on the edge in terms of, um, he's always, he's, you know, he's, he's like Shearer used to be. He's always digging people in the ribs and little shoves here and little flicks there. He he knows exactly what he's doing. But I think he's he's absolutely terrific. I was in the Elton John stand today, so I could see him at close quarters. I thought he he really is great. He's very very quick. But I thought the way that Zuniga dealt dealt with him a number of times in the in the first half was was very impressive. So a little hat tip for from me to him. I know he'll be very pleased to hear that. Judd Amrabat there, uh, John, man of the match. Do you think? No, 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 sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, dived in there. Um, it has to be Val and Barami today, surely. Yeah. But obviously, you, you don't have to agree with me, Michael. You, <laughs> you are in touch with your opinion. Um, no, I think Barami but, was back to his best after a, I, he, after I thought Barami was yeah. awesome today, just yeah. got in, just got in the way of everyone. Just it, it was like that all the way across the, the midfield, and it was quite important because they were. At times, they were finding space and getting sort of past the um, sort of past Capu and, and Pereira there in the middle quite easily. So then it was quite a hard task sitting in front of that back four today. But he was just yeah, the number of times he got between player and ball, yeah. and then sort of managed to turn. And what he wasn't doing on Monday, which is making a good pass. Yeah, his passing was back to its best today. The two of them are you know they're in they're industrious. And that's what we you know. So we always like a player like that. But the the real bit for me with Amrabat, where it was like, yeah, he is, you know, he, he almost like the development that he's had uh, since he's been at Watford was when Guardiola came on. Um, you know, he's running around being industrious, but just missing little tiny things, tackles, holding the ball, uh, passing the ball. It's there, industrious, but not quite there but Amrabat is doing the exact same thing but keeping or feeling like it's keeping it together that little bit better while we're still on on Barami just I think calling him industrious is I know it's a you mean it as a compliment but I think that's sort of underplaying the the energy and and the work rate and the uh, the sort of the way he just snaffles around he's like there's like a there's like and there's this guy who plays for the Arizona Cardinals nicknamed the the honey badger and he's just like everywhere he's just like sniffing around he's running around just making an absolute menace of himself the whole time and and that when Barami's on his game like Jace points out today he's he's kind of unstoppable and uh, he seems to we've said this before but he seems to take and taken out that kind of um potential disciplinary issue tightrope out of his game he seems to be doing everything a lot neater and, and, and tidier but but still at 100 miles an hour and still on the, you know the right side of being really aggressive and, and quite frankly really annoying for the opposition so um, yeah I think you're right to point out Barami what I liked about um, Amrabat was that we saw more from him from his attacking side of things today we saw him beat a man we saw him get a couple of decent crosses in 
We saw him recover as well from getting frustrated because I think he's one of these guys who, when things aren't going wrong, aren't going well, he he feels it. You know, if he's not doesn't get the right, he doesn't get the, the, a foul when he thinks one's gone against him, and and and, and vice versa. I think he, he shows that he gets quite frustrated. So for him to stay in the game and have what well, I think he had, a, you know, I think he had a, a pretty big impact on the game. Certainly going forward, I think it was a it was a good good overall performance from him. But it was nice to see him him beating a man. I thought, um, and perhaps. Having having the focus of his game on be, more on being that that attacking threat uh, freed him up a little bit and uh, yeah I liked what I saw from him today and there's loads of there's loads of players at Watford in this squad who are showing their talent and their um, durability and their versatility because they're popping up in different in different parts uh, different doing different jobs but doing it doing it really pretty well so um, yeah to 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 worthwhile Guardiola I thought was. I always worry. I've got this thing about him that when I come on, I think he's going to be too sort of dainty, too sort of show pony esque, too too keen to find a killer pass or do a bit of skill. And he always surprises me because he does get stuck in and he and he and he puts himself about more than I think he more than I think he's going to. But there was a moment I think it was at two all when he won the tackle, then beat the man. I was like, right, right, okay, get rid of it now. Let let's move on. Get out of our own half. Then he tried to beat the man again, and then he cut back inside again, and ultimately he got dispossessed. And it's those sort of things, and it's not it's not a Guardiola problem. This is a this is a Watford concentration, good decision problem. Um, don't do that. Do not do that. We need to cut stuff like that out because it, we do that against a different team, and, and we're gonna we're gonna concede a third goal, lose three two, and we're having a very com- different conversation. So I thought Guardiola did did all right when he came on. I it's long term future. I think I think Matt Sari likes him, but. I've got. I have my concerns about him, um, but I think he did all right when he came in today. Now, one man who was at the game today as well, along with us, he's on the podcast almost every week. Is uh, Mike's son Arlo? Um, and before we get on to two men we've not talked about, and some people might be surprised by this point in the podcast why we haven't talked about them. Uh, let's hear the views. Mike's surname is Parkin, uh, and he has a son called Arlo. And this is Michael Parkinson. <laughs> I'm pleased to be able to welcome Arlo along to Michael Parkinson. Hi Arlo, how are you? Good. You've been to the game today. Now, before the game today, a lot of people were talking about whether Odion Igalo should start and be in the team. What did you think? You thought he should start? Yeah. And how do you think he played today? Really good. So would you play him in the next game? Mm, yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it? No. All right. Thanks very much Arlo. See you again soon. Bye. So Arlo is a man on the side of Odin Igalo. He should he was right to start. He had a good game and he should start the next game. Where I sat, um the reaction certainly wasn't um the same as that, was it Mike? Well look, I think I think it's wrong that we're saying on the side of Odin Igalo. He's a Watford player who has done well for us and, and continues to try his best. And I think sort of being pro or or anti a Watford player always feels like a bizarre conversation to have to me we should be getting behind these these guys guys no matter what um and i think in the last podcast i've kind of in the face of you know we did our facebook live chat and, and we're on periscope and a lot of people are suggesting he should be left out we did a twitter poll yesterday and i think it was 85 percent said he should be left out um and i you know to my immense credit and <laughs> <laughs> kind of kind of argued that i think he's got enough credit in the bank and does enough perhaps unseen hard work to warrant his place in the starting eleven, so to be perfectly honest, I was quietly pleased when he when he was named in the in the lineup today. Combine that with the fact that I'm not 
I wasn't. I don't know how Isaac's success plays ninety minutes. We haven't seen him. We haven't yeah. seen him um, in a uh, you know lead the line with Troy for for ninety minutes and and play in the in the game. Wait for it, Jace, from the get go. Um, <laughs> you know how how will he play with his back to goal? Like Odi Nagala does a lot of dirty work. He does a lot of donkey work, sort of you know wrestling with defenders, working really hard to. To, to, to either carve a child out for himself or to, or to make the ball stick. You know, he does work incredibly hard. Well, how's, how's Isaac's success going to do with that? How is he at, at, at finishing? What's his, what's his actual striking like? Turn that on its head. He came on, what, with how long now and how long to go? Oh, to just, the, uh, just over half an hour. Half an hour to go. And yet again, he's come on and he's had a major, major impact on the, uh, on the game. He's, he's looked bright. He looks scary for, from a defensive point of view. He's strong, just like Igalo. Um, he's direct, and we saw him have a couple of shots. He's obviously not scared of, of shooting. He had one decent long-range effort that was on target, put another one wide, and then, of course, a, a great header for the goal. So, And a very close, uh, almost another header, with, you know, another foot-length uh, yeah, headway was it would have gone in as well. Yeah, he, he answered a lot of the questions that, that I explained I just had. I thought I thought he had another, another particularly impressive performance, and I think the clamour for him... To, to start will will grow thing I think it's a great problem for us to have they're two two great looking players uh, slightly different but I think we need to be we need to be talking about the merits of one or the other as opposed to saying right he's rubbish he's having an absolute nightmare get him on the bench um, it's about which one is better um, and I think that's a better way for me of, of framing the conversation because I don't think we're at a situation where um, you know we should be wringing our wringing our our hands at Igalo's consistently poor performances because I just don't see that as the as the as the reality. Jace, the the thing is though, can Isaac's success fit into a starting position in that Watford formation? Is he? Yes, he might have the skills. Yes, he might have the uh, the desire and all that sort of stuff. But is he? Would he? Does he fit in? And if so, is it just where Igalo plays? I think they are. Different players. Uh, I think with Igalo, he wants the ball nearer the box or he wants to be running onto the ball. Success, I think perhaps the, the lineup and the fact that we didn't have a natural left-sided uh, wide player today other than Holobas having to attack from left-back, perhaps that suited success more because he, when he came on, he would go wide to attack and then look to attack outside in, as they say. He would, he would look to take the man on and and, he, and that seemed to suit him more than it did Igalo. Igalo plays with his back to the goal, as Mike said earlier. Um, and I just think with that space on the left-hand side today, Success was able to get wide, pick the ball up, and he would turn and attack a lot quicker than maybe we've been seeing from Igalo. Again, sort of the longer ball's out, he was again getting himself in between man and ball, able to bring it down and then attack outside in, creating chances for himself or creating attacks for for Watford. And and yeah, looked looked really good. The only slight criticism we might mention a couple of shots. There was one where he's done well to work himself some space, and I thought he perhaps took it too early. But then perhaps that's a, the sign of a of a man who's confident and uh, wants to have a go. So. Um, more game time. We'll uh, we'll see how we get some. A podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans from the rookery end. 
Uh, we're a fan of a, a good podcast, especially a Watford one. Uh, and uh, if you haven't listened to Hornet's Heaven yet, uh, then make sure you go to iTunes and search for Hornet Heaven. It's uh, brilliant. They're they're not. It's not like us where we talk about matches. It's a uh, an audio book almost. It's been written by uh, Ollie Wicken, uh, and uh, up to episode uh, six now, or into series two, episode two. In this one. Uh, it's a story of uh, two young Watford fans who uh, unfortunately die on the way back from to way back from Southampton. Um, but they get to Hornets Heaven, and all the old people in Hornets Heaven like to be analytical about football. They just like going along and having some fun and the banter. And one thing they do, and I'm going to challenge you boys to this, uh, they like to make lists. So these two young lads like to make lists. And what would be a Watford team made up of cars? Can I buy myself some time to think here, John? Just before yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would just urge people to listen to this Hornets Heaven thing. I know on the face of it, it might not be everyone's cup of tea, but I think if you found us, if you if you you've obviously learned how to work, how to listen to a podcast and it's an audio is your thing, give it a go because they are beautifully written, beautifully produced, and I don't think there's much out there. I've said this before, but there's not much out there um, attached to a football club. It's it's really rare. Um, and some real love's gone into it. So if you think it might not be your thing, give it a go. I urge you, just just to download one, download a couple, and I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. I just wanted to say that, and also so I could think about some uh, some car names. Well done. I've got, a good, one, I've got a good one I've been thinking. It's the obvious one. Okay. Brian Talbot. Oh, yeah, okay. That's not, you haven't really thought about that one, that one. How about this one? Up front, Toyota Dini and Renault Rosenthal. I'm not sure about the Dini one. What about, um, <clears throat> going slightly off piece, what about Nigel Calavan? <laughs> um, uh, in defence, uh, Aston Martin Taylor. Uh, he scored, oh no, he didn't score today, but uh, Ferrari Forestieri perhaps? Oh, is, is it, no, no, I, I had a different one for that. I had Fernando Forestieri. Just depends how he, he played the game, I, suppose, I guess, which car turned up. Audi Abdi? <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah. It'd, it'd work, it'd go well with um, Valon Bugatti. Very classy, very classy. I think, I think Ferrari would be delighted to be, be uh, likened to a Bugatti. Mm. What about, um, I was just saying his players a little bit earlier, Eunice, uh, Eunice Taxi Cab Bull. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got the killer one. Well, part of manager, Walter Mazda R. No, I can't, I've, I've lost it. But this, this is the killer one. <laughs> That's the one. Say with the Italian accent. Daewoo Henderson. No? Okay. God. Jesus. <laughs> Nigel Calavan wins it for me. We're the Orns. You're the Orns. Come on, you Orns. So we are seven games into this Premier League season and Watford are on eight points. That's more than one point a game and certainly more points than we thought we would be on by this point uh, in, in the season. Um, it has been a good start, but here's a question. You know, we've seen players who have come back, uh, who were a big part of the squad last year. We've seen some new ones around. Who for you is nailed on first on the team sheet? Mike? Well, this guy's literally first on the team sheet, Aurelio Gomez. I think he hasn't, uh, you know, obviously going to jinx him here. I think he's, he's looked solid. He's done everything that's been asked of him. Um, he's put in some great saves. Uh, I think he's been. I think he's been superb for us. And uh, like a fine wine, he seems to be getting better with age. So yeah, Aurelio for me is uh, is an absolute lock for uh, for first on the team sheet. Jace, I'm going to go with today's man of the match. And after I sort of gave him a bit of stick earlier in the week, Valon Barami. I think 
He's a, a very important part of that midfield, protecting the, the defence, whether it be a back three or a back four. And I think he also, obviously, he's played for Volta before. I think he knows yeah. what he wants from his side. And, and I think that shows. He, he's, I think he's looking a lot better generally this season than he did last season. Obviously, he struggled because he got injured and then uh, or suspended. I can't remember what, what, what took him out first. Might have been the suspension. Watson got in the side. And then uh, he struggled to get back in, but I think at the moment he, he's looking the best he has done in his in his short Watford career. He literally he literally is looking the best as well because you know that sort of hair colour that girls are loving at the moment. That sort of <laughs> silver. It's almost like a grey silver, like mm. blue rinse type thing. Yeah. Well, Mike, like, Mike, Mike. Well, how do you know anything about hair? You're like me, mate. Come on. I've got a, I've got a subscription to Cosmopolitan. I'm not afraid to. I'm not <laughs> afraid. So yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think uh, Bugatti is definitely uh, on the on the team sheet as well. I think I think in, while we're in the midfield area, I think catching Capu as well is you'd be you'd be hard pushed to put to 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 not not start him. Obviously, the goals have dried up. Come on, come on, Caps, get yourself sorted. But um, yeah, I think he's 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 pretty pretty important to this to this one. So. Uh, Deeney, of course, uh, is on there. That sort of we need to have a conversation about why Troy Deeney is is first in that sheet. But for me, they're the only ones. Pereira has he done enough yet for you, Mike, to to be must start? I think so. I think we we said before his arrival and 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 subsequently that he's an important part of uh, of this Watford side. However, we set up. I think it's important that we have that that person who's really comfortable on the ball, who can float around a little bit, who can pick a pass. Although he did almost a dreadful ball across the, <laughs> across the across the back today. It was absolutely yeah. He could have yeah. Um, come back, Keith Dublin. All is all is forgiven. <laughs> But um, yeah, I think he's he's important to us. I think the game it sort of felt like it surprised him a little bit today. So almost the ball came to him quicker than sometimes he anticipated, and I think it came to him sometimes when he wasn't expecting it to. It felt like um, you know a lot of people called the Watford Burnley game a bit of a championship game. I think it's unfair to call to call today's um, the Watford Bournemouth fixture a championship game, but it had elements of it, didn't it? The, the frenetic pace of it, and I think with with that in mind, it, it passed Pereira by a little bit. But you know, there's still enough. You can still see enough about him to know that he's 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 a, a very classy operator, um, and someone I think Watford need in the side just because he can. With he's one of those guys. It just takes one little one little flash, doesn't it? And he could unlock the whole the whole bang shoot little little ball with the outside of the the boot or a, or, a, or that pass that no one else has has quite picked. And uh, so he is important to us. Although I would point out Troy Deeney's little outside of the boot pass today to oh. actually. Was it yes. to play in? I think it was actually two. It was. It was to Pereira, yeah. Uh, on the right flank in the in the second half, mm. it was an absolute, um, absolutely dreamy little little dink, and that that just reinforces the point that there's more to to Troy's game than uh, than just being tough and, uh, and and giving a good soundbite after the game, and should hopefully add credence to his uh, um, England call up chances. Yeah, to answer your question, John, yeah, Pereira definitely needs to be on the side. He's he's an integral part of it, and I think hopefully we'll see him get get better and better. Not not a vintage. Uh, Bobby P today, but uh, but he'll be back. Oh, my favourite bit today was um, he. You know, he might go missing and he might not see it on the on the videos. Amrabat, of course, set up Deeney. But if you watch, there was a point where he was uh, he passed it to uh, he threw it to Amrabat, but he threw it because he couldn't get past his player, so he kicked it against him, got the throw on, didn't want to take him on any further, so he got the throw on, threw it to Amrabat, he took it on and passed it to Deeney, and the ball, ball went in the back of the net. So I thought that's an efficient player. I like him even a little bit more. Roberto, well done, John. It was efficient and it was quick as well. There was no mucking about. No, oh, I don't take the throw-ons in this side. I'm gonna, 
I want to go and uh, yeah, stand on the byline and, and I want to be the, the creative man. It was, yeah, get out. We've got a chance. We've got, I've got a quick ball in here to Amrabat and uh, they produce. So we have a, a international break coming up. Um, some players going off, um, but it has been a fantastic sort of start to the season, especially if you forget about that one game against Burnley. And uh, we'll be back with more from the Rookie End. Remember, you can follow us uh, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, and pretty much any social media you can get by looking up Watford Podcast. Uh, and if you subscribe, do tell your friends uh, how to uh, to listen to From the Rookie End uh, at the same time as listening to the brand new Hornets Heaven, of course. Uh, thank you very much, Jason. Thank you. And thank you, Michael. Hey, look, no problem. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. We're Watford. We're in the Premier League. We're taking part in exciting football matches. Um, I'm unfortunately winding up opposition fans, it seems, on, uh, on Twitter. I don't yeah. go at Bournemouth today, but there you go. It's in for a penny, in for a pound. Um, well, I would say, I'm going to say it again. We're getting loads of interaction on, on Facebook, on Instagram uh, and Twitter. Keep all that stuff coming. It's thought-provoking. Sometimes we get told when we're wrong. Okay, more accurately, I get told when I'm wrong. But that's great. It's good to have sort of everyone's opinions coming back because we're very conscious it's us three and, and Geordie and, and, and selected others sort of passing our opinion on. We don't uh, we don't profess to be right, so we love hearing back from you. I think it's really, really important. That's what this kind of thing is all about, is hearing as many views as we can. And so thank you to everyone who, who, who takes the time to tweet, to, to leave comments on Facebook and so on and so forth. To really keep it coming. It's, it really is great to hear from you guys. So thank you very much indeed. We go on for two more away games. Middlesbrough, then Swansea. Come on, you horns!